We finally are finished with the uh, with the Cheshbaitis from Malchus Yavon and Second Bias, but uh, we're still going to continue with uh, Roman holidays. So the first Mishnah said, the first Mishnah said, Lifnei Dejanim It's also to do business with them. The second Mishnah said. These are the holidays of the Goyim. Klanda, which we said was eight days after the Tkufa. Saturnuro is eight days before the Tkufa. The Kratzim, which got us started on this whole thing, was the day that Rome became a world power. And the Genusia of their kings. Says the Gemara. <coughs> says the Gemara like this. Says the Gemara like this. V'yem genus yeshem alkeim. My v'yem genus yeshem alkeim. We are on Yud Amad Aleph, little past halfway down the Amr. What is v'yem genus yeshem alkeim? Amr Reb Yehuda, v'yem shemamidim by. It's the day that the king was coronated. Says the Gemara Kempi, because we have another Bryce that says, <laughs> There's one holiday called Yom Genosia, and there's another holiday of the day they coronate their king. Can't be two things on the same, two names for the same thing. It says, Lekasha. No, both are true. Yem Genusia means when they coronate the king. And Yem Shamidim Bayes Malkayim means the day that they coronate their child. Which means if you have a father who's a successful king and he's able to start getting his son to say Shiram, I mean become king, then that's a successful king. That he feared I and his kid into the stellar. While he's still alive, is a succession plan. My son's going to start taking care of certain responsibilities. That's Taka Grace a holiday. And that's why we can have both days. I thought it's the day you set up the king. But there's two kings. There's the king himself, and there's the day that the king gets his, ki- his kid set up. Says the Gemara, really? Is that true by Rome? Rome... <coughs> had an anti-nepotism policy. In fact, if I'm, I forgot to look this up on, on the Google, but if I, if I remember correctly, nepa, or tism, or nepot, or one of, the shirish of that word is some guy's nephew who got the job. That, that's where that word comes from. And I think it was in Rome. So coincidentally, they had an anti-nepotism policy. Not for nephews, just for sons. Because of that guy. Not for Adams. What? Because of that guy. Because of that guy, yeah. So says the Gemara, Does Rome put in a king, the son of a king? Rabbi Yosef learned that this is a Pasuk in Ivadia. Ivadia, of course, was a ger from Edom. Ivadia's ger. By the way, throughout history, a traditional name for Gerim <coughs> is Avadia because of Avadia the Navi, who was a Ger, 
who was a ger from Edom. So he gave, he admonished Edom. The Rambam in his famous letters to Evadya Hager, we see that like his name was also Evadya. Evadya is a traditional name for a ger to take on because of this Evadya. So Evadya from Edom rebuked his former nation extremely sharply. And he said the following Pasik. You are going to be the smallest of all nations. What does that mean? That Rome will not have a king succeed his father. And that's a real curse. Because the king, L'chaira, gives his life for the job. And when he's denied his kid from being able to continue in his ways, it's a big patch. And that's why they'll always remain small. And Bozui Atamaid, you are extremely mavuzi, you're extremely low. Sha'in Lahan that the Romans don't have like Sav Vilayloshin, not a alphabet and not a language. We have a lot to explain. First of all, what what does it mean that they are not Meshiv and Melech ben Melech? The Gemara is going to say later, if it wouldn't be Thursday night, I would read to there now. Maybe we'll get there if I finish this. The Gemara is going to say this is by, this is by um, design. In, in their constitution or whatever they agreed on, they said no, no kids. This is not like, it sounds from the Navi Evadia that it's Mamasha curse. That every time you have a, a king, his kids are going to all die. Which rather happened very often in the Roman Empire, but that's because they were killed. But but it sounds like it's like this this crazy mystery that no kid ever survived ever ever took over his father. It's by convention. So the Chumcipher explains that no, the deal was like this. Any kid who is Roy to take over his father will become succeeding king in Rome will become the next emperor, will become the next Caesar. It just happens to be that it never fulfilled. No kid ever was capable enough of taking over his father. And we talk to see this, you know, like Cassius was this guy's general, but he was first a slave. If you go through all like the Roman emperors, most of them were not kids of the guy before him. Says some say for that's the curse. Avada, there was an agreement that if he is fit, he can become king. The curse was that one guy's son was fit. The Ion Yaakov says another fascinating, another fascinating insight. Why is it? That Bidafka by Esav, by Edom, you have this curse that no one takes over their father. Says the Ian Yankiv, because since Esav's whole Malucha is contingent on Yaakov being inferior, as we know, we discussed before, the Torah tells us that that Vahaya Uparata Ulay, that Yaakov and Esau are going to have an inverse relationship. If we're doing what we should, they're going to fall. If we're not doing what we should, they're going to rise. So it comes out, there is no guarantee of the succession of Malchus Rome. Because if we ever get our act together, and we start being like Yidin should be, their whole Malchus would fall apart. The ability to have 
continuation, the ability to have succession, the ability to have one thing go to another in neat succeeding order is totally in a degree of stability. And Rome, by definition, doesn't have stability because their whole malchus is totally an air rising and our whole rising is totally an air doing well. So they have no guarantee. If we get our act together, tomorrow they fall apart. So in an environment where there's no guarantee of stability, you can't have a succession one king after another. Each time that it's time to renew the king's contract, I don't know, let's see, are we still in business? Oh, we're still in business, we have a new guy. You can't have an automatic succession plan if you don't have a guaranteed continuation. And the last thing is, Ben Aramam has a letter that if you remember in Parshas Vayetze or Vayishlach, it starts listing Ve'elu ha'malachim asher malchu be'eretz edem, Bela ben Ba'ar, and it starts listing a bunch of kings that were in, Mal- in Malchus Edom, the, the Rav Avram ben Aramam says, it's to tell you that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is showing us now that these guys have no stability. That each king was a new king. There's no other country in the world like this. You want to know who was the king in Bavel? It went for four generations. It went from Nebuchadnezzar to Evel Meredach to his kid. You want to know in, in Persia who was the kings? It was Ahashverish, and then Balshatzer, and Balshatzer, then Ahashverish, then Daryavish, then Kairish. They're one son after another. Every other, in, in, in Greece it was the same way. Every other country in the world, every other country in the world, it goes from father to son because they have a guaranteed chazaka. They're going to be around. Esav doesn't, and that's why the Torah tells us this there. That's point one. Point two is, is this is from the Shavaris, Gemaris, and Shas. Rome has no ksav and no lashon, yeah? What about Latin? <laughs> I mean, Latin is a language. I, you know, beside lashon kaidish, what language is still studied by more people than Latin? I mean, we, we don't have to know Latin, but like your grandparents all had to know, know Latin. Is one of the signals No, no. That's like some hack. Like many languages weren't from the Shulmashes. So, like, so what do you mean? Rome has no lashon. Latin is an extremely harsh lashon, and and like you know, I don't know if you're into the ed- entomology of letters. Then that doesn't mean eating entomates. Um, the, there's there's epidemiology. E- yeah, every word like epidemiology comes from Latin. Every medical word comes from Latin. What do you mean they have no language? So Rashi says it's a borrowed language. They didn't invent any words. They borrowed it from Greek. Taisva says that it's not a language of Chachma. The, the Chachamim talk in Chachmas Yivanis. The Melachim talk in Chachmas Yivanis. That's how Rashi and Taisvah deal with this, but it's a really, 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 ex, you know, extremely bothersome kasha. What do you mean Rome has no Ksav and no Lashem? They said it was from Tiber area, little groups of people spoke, but they made it popular. It was from before the from before Rome. So that's what Rashi says. I'm not saying Rashi's not true. But in other words, so what? So what? So they co-opted it. Meaning if you ask any guy on the street, what, what language they speak in Rome? Latin. It, who, or ask them all the way. To whom does Latin belong? So some cipher says something, which I think there's a very, very, very tifa, there's a very tifa zach to it. <coughs> So Zaybra says, every other language 
This Gemara is in Gittin Dafpe also. Every other language is representative, is connected to the people on a deep level, either on a spiritual level like their mazel and their sar, or on something innate in them. Which means somehow languages developed intrinsically, organically. So, you know, in Africa, these guys on their own came up with a language that suits them. Either it was divinely inspired or it came from within every other language on earth, Cyrillic, Amharic, like every other language on earth. Yes. Um, <laughs> came from innately. Like you said, Latin was developed by a guy named Latins. Some servers says Lamad Aleph test non yud samach. No, don't don't fact check it. Some server. Um, so lower timer then known as lithium. Oh, okay. Never doubt some server. I I wasn't doubting. So so so. so yeah, listen. You know, who are you gonna trust? Wikipedia or some server? So so this language isn't intrinsic to the people. That's what the Chassam Sefer says, and that's what it means, Elam like I think what this is saying is that there's nothing inherent about Latin, which is good for why it's still around. Meaning, meaning if you want to know, the problem is, how could the Gemara say, Elam like Lashen, and we, nowadays, in 2023, we, a lot of words we use are from Latin. How could you disparage them? The answer is, Mamish, the Hagufa. It's not an intrinsic language. It's not belonging to them. It's not by them, for them, like naturally. It is a language of the world. It's a language that's not inherent to them. It's a language that's exportable. It's a language that has nothing to do with them, which is how gufa. Latin's endurance is gufa, the raya that Rome, Abraham, like Savle Lashen. You're not going to find Polish or Russian being exported because it's intrinsic to the people there. Therefore, Russian never became a language of the world. Hungarian Zichar never became a language of the world. It's something intrinsic to those people there. Latin, it's bizyoyness, thus haste, it's non-intrinsicness to the people there, is good for what allowed its, its, its permanence. It's good for what allowed its survivability. And that's a discredit to the people. It's nothing to do with them. I, I think that's the var. Okay, fine, we'll stop here. Do the homage.